0: CannabisRadio.com proudly presents 420 Clouds Cannabis Connection, where we converge the biggest names in entertainment, business, technology, and medicine, and connect them into our growing cannabis community, connecting and educating the world about cannabis. CannabisRadio.com presents 420 Clouds Cannabis Connection, ignited by MSIG. Thanks for joining us on 420 Clouds Cannabis Connection. I'm Christina Hernandez legal strategist for MSIG, and I'm standing in this week for Alex Mardikian. Welcome to our 420 Cloud. This week, we're talking about the legal ramifications surrounding the obtaining of cannabis business licenses in the state of California. Um, But first, we're talking with a woman who made recent news by becoming the first female marijuana licensee in Los Angeles counties. The city of uh, Linwood, California, recently provided approval for 13 applicants to receive preliminary cannabis business licenses. One of the approved was Cali Premier Produce Company, CEO Priscilla Vilches. Um, She became the only female, the only minority female CEO to win one of the few cultivation and processing licenses in L.A. County. And we're happy to have her join us on the show today. So, welcome, Priscilla.
1: Thank you very much for having me. I'm very excited to be on.
0: Well, thank you. So, so let me let's get into this. Um, tell us about the bidding process and how you got to bid for one of these available cannabis business licenses.
1: Well, um, I'm sorry, I couldn't hear you. You cut out. What was that? Um, I
0: I asked if you could please tell us and tell our audience about the bidding process and how you got to bid for one of these available cannabis business licenses.
1: Absolutely. Um, just so that everyone knows, this bidding process is such a you know big ordeal that it's extremely time-consuming, um, costly, and it's super important to have a great team on your hands. Um, one of my... Uh, bigger, I think, winning strategies is that I have, you know, a great legal counsel. Um, It's super important to have someone who knows the laws, who knows uh, more or less the patterns in different states and how everything's going to correlate, mainly because this is a new industry and we're kind of setting the laws in ourselves. It's 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 so new that, you know, we're the ones here making history. So to describe this bidding process, you know, to you, um, each application that we submitted uh, was the size of, I would say, an encyclopedia. Each oh of them. So if I applied for a cultivation, I mean, it was clearly all, you know one packet for just that application, and if I apply for production, it's another packet. And, I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, Architecture plans, air quality, fire and safety. I I mean, there's, there's so many things, and you've got to have all these plans ready to go, your security plan, your employee handbook. I mean, if you want to prepare a successful application, all of these things have to go into it. And I believe that if you have a good team to who helps you prepare for uh, an ordeal like this, then, uh, you know, you will be successful and prevail. And that's exactly what we did uh, twice. We did it in the state of Nevada, which was extremely difficult, and we did it now in the state of California, hence the city of Linwood.
0: Wow, good for you. That's fantastic. Thank you. Now, reading about your background you helped grow several different companies to multi-million dollar companies prior to entering into the cannabis space. Tell us about how your experience helped you to consider jumping into the cannabis space.
1: Okay, so my experience all started in healthcare. And um, how that helped me was because healthcare itself is extremely highly regulated. And being able to kind of transcend all of that knowledge and experience into an industry that is so new, allowed me to uh, make a name for myself in being able to kind of dictate and, and lead in, in such a new industry like this. So uh, being able to, uh, you know, constantly, you know, work with physicians uh, on a day-to-day basis. Knowing how highly regulated they are, um, allowed me to kind of use the same book of etiquette and and moralities and 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 business uh, into this same industry. and I think that that's also what helped me.
0: Wow, that's great. You. And, and you you provided you found that those skill sets are very um, have been very useful to you, I'm sure.
1: Absolutely. Um, I mean, just in the state of Nevada, uh, I mean, they were one of the most highly regulated states to allow, um, you know, medical marijuana licenses. They were one of the first to adopt it as an actual business where the state and, you know, agreed that they were going to do this in order to, you know, uh, in order to be able to build on, on the state of Nevada and then help everyone, you know, there. So the fact that we were able to apply for this license there, they, I mean, and they associate the license that I obtained to almost a gaming license, just so that you know the intensity that we had to go through in that state. So all these little things that, you know, allowed me to be me and, and, and mold me into the, you know, business entrepreneur woman that I am, um, you know, stem from, from my prior business and uh, and that, I think that's very great.
0: Yeah, that is. Congratulations. Thank um, you. Now you're the first minority female CEO to receive this kind of cannabis business licensing. Talk to me about how you yeah. feel about becoming a symbol of gender diversity and empowerment in the, ca- in the cannabis space.
1: Well, I, first of all, I was the first female minority CEO and the youngest in the state of Nevada, but I was the only female who applied in the city of Linwood who got the license. And I mean, we were very taken back with it um, and proud. Uh, Proud because I am a minority and and proud because I am a woman. Uh, But the advice that I would give to people out there who are striving to do exactly what it is that I have done for myself, is um, I, growing up and, you know, building my business, you know, always uh, never looked at myself, you know, as as a female. I never made excuses for myself, uh, you know, because I was Hispanic. I never... Um, Um, you know, made, you know, excuses for myself if things didn't go wrong and, and, you know, blamed it on these reasons. I would go, you know, to a table full of men in such a male-dominated industry, whether it be healthcare, uh, whether it be marijuana, and I would look at myself like an equal, if not even better. And it's important that everyone always remembers that. Because the second you start making excuses for yourself is is when, you know, things are not going to, you know, go according to, to what they should be, and, and that'll always be your fallback excuse. You have to strive, continue, and then look forward. And that's been uh, kind of my vision and, and you know, succeeding and, and excelling in anything that I put my mind to. Oh,
0: good for you. Thank you. um, Now, what's left for you to do before you start operations?
1: Well, in the city of Linwood, we were just granted our licenses. We're actually waiting for a permit in hand so that we can break ground. So we're hoping to be operational and sell our first product before uh, January 2018. We're hoping to, you know, have our first product ready to sell by December 15th,
0: 2017. Wow. And that's right (laughs) around the corner. Yeah. That's right
1: around the corner. We're super excited.
0: That's great. How can other businesses and our listeners reach out to you? Oh, well, we have
1: a website that just went live. And uh, we're actually looking to um, make sure we update it you know, on a constant base so that everyone can see our products, see where we are, see what states we've been, uh, able to, to get into and, and help. Um, but our website is www.premiumproducenv.com
0: Fantastic. Well, thank you for joining us, Priscilla. Um, it's been a, a real pleasure and, um, I'm very excited that you're on the show and you will be able to um, impart all your knowledge.
1: Oh, thank you so much. Thank you for having me.
0: Coming up, we will be joined by a Los Angeles attorney and founding member of the National Latina Business Women Association, Julia Silva. Stay with us. More of 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection coming up. But first, let's connect you with our sponsors. The Boober Way. Connecting the world to cannabis one show at a time. Welcome back to 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection, ignited by MSIG and the 420 Cloud app, only on CannabisRadio.com. Welcome back. I'm Christina Hernandez, legal strategist for MSIG, and I'd like to welcome to the show Julia Silva. Like Priscilla, Julia has a remarkable background. At the age of 20, she was an elected official as the youngest and the first Latina elected to the City Council for the City of Hawaiian Gardens, California. She brings over 30 years experience as an elected public official and public policymaker. She is active in the community and provides pro bono services to nonprofit organizations that seek to empower the community. So without further ado, here is my interview with julia silva
2: thanks so much for being here julia oh thank you christina it's a pleasure i have just a couple of questions for you in terms of um of the uh, licenses for um for cannabis um so first if you could please explain to me the process to receive a license um in terms and and to be compliant in in some of the local cities in the greater los angeles area Okay.
3: Um, The cannabis license is regulated by local government and by state law. So you have two sets of regulations that you must comply with. In the local arena, we are also governed by state law. So we have to make sure that um, the local regulations are consistent with state law. So when you are applying for a local cannabis permit you uh, essentially need to additionally be in compliance with the state laws, i.e. I- I- it has to be 600 feet radius from a school, uh, testing labs cannot be in the same location as a dispensary, and those generic state laws apply. And so essentially with the local government, it's two licenses. You need your local cannabis license where they, uh, the cities conduct background checks, they conduct financial sourcing, where your source of revenue is. They, con- you know, they want your mission statement. They conduct due diligence on the type of business entity that's formed, who the bu- who the owners of the company are, your mission statement, and so that that's a pretty extensive, comprehensive uh, background on the cannabis business. And once mm-hmm. you get that, we call it uh, step one of the cannabis process, then step two is a land use uh, process. It would be a land use entitlement. This would be applied to cultivation and dispensaries, where once you have cleared the cannabis aspect of your business, then you have to go to the planning commission and get some type of, usually in most cities, you have to get approval for uh, the land use of cannabis.
2: Wow, that's very interesting. So it's pretty involved,
3: yeah, it's it's very extensive. It's a lot of the cities are being ultra careful and making sure that you know they're hiring or, or giving permits to the right people because ultimately the goal is to prohibit the, the cartels and making sure that miners are not able to access the the product. And so they're really making a real effort to make sure that that's that's happening. Well,
2: that's interesting. Now. Um in terms of being a minority-owned business and a women-owned business, um, how does that help in the um, the cannabis sector? I or haven't seen. Uh, I haven't seen any
3: preference for minority or women-owned. I have seen a preference for veterans, where they get some uh, a priority, but I have not seen cities or. Um, the state give a preference. There are certain entitlements for local, uh, local businesses, and um, I know the city of Los Angeles is uh, seeking to do some type of set aside for um, uh, people of color and disadvantaged businesses, but I haven't seen that firmed up yet. But that's the only city I've seen that done in. I haven't seen the other smaller cities in L.A. County pursue any um, maybe WEAVY certification or women-owned or minority-owned business uh,
2: preference, unfortunately. And so typically in in the business sector, what do those certifications do for businesses?
3: To become a cannabis business entity... um, you have to be uh, comprehensive, and you have to be experienced, and you have to have a mission statement, and you have to know what you're doing when you start up this business. So uh, the past practice, a past experience is helpful. Uh, you know, your application is goes through a lot of scrutiny to see what type of owners or business owners are running the shop. And um, once you have that cannabis uh, certification, it's uh, very helpful to pursue your business interest.
2: So, Julia, tell me how the Maybe WeBe uh, certification helps businesses outside the cannabis arena.
3: Well, I have uh, observed that the Maybe WeBe certification uh, assists small business and minority business enterprises uh, obtain preference and certain opportunities uh, to conduct business with public agencies, uh, especially if they're federally funded. I know LAUSD has certain, maybe we be, preferences, the city and the state, so they're there to provide opportunities to minority and small business enterprises, government oh, contracts.
2: That's great. Now, what kind of obstacles have you seen for people attempting to get a license in the uh, cannabis industry?
3: Ah, uh, the obstacles. It's very expensive, and probably the most, the most, uh, uh, the biggest obstacle is uh, lack of uh, possession or title to real estate, because you shouldn't even apply and submit an application unless you have some type of real estate interest, either as a tenant or as a a real property owner. And a lot of the properties have been already usurped by uh, the sophisticated people that have their antennas out to get property. Uh, But that seems to be, I mean, I have a lot of calls of people, I want to start the business, I want to start the business. Well, the first question I ask is, what's the address? Oh, I don't have a location yet, but... And then they don't call back. I said, call back when you have a location, and they don't have one. So it's not easy to get a piece of real estate. First, it has to have the proper zoning, and secondly, it has to be available. And there's not a lot of real estate available here in Southern California anyway. Yeah, yeah,
2: absolutely. Um, Now, in terms of the uh, new L.A. City Council Commission, uh, where do you see that commission in terms of um, their support for the cannabis industry?
3: Uh, They're there to uh, enable the uh, cannabis industry. They're there to inform, educate, regulate, and provide opportunities. I mean, that's their mission statement, to make this a success for the city of Los Angeles.
2: That's great. So you don't see them. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Uh, you don't see opposition to the cannabis industry?
3: I don't think that's the uh, mission at all. No, the oppositions and the protesters uh, will continue to protest and oppose, but I think these policymakers are there to make it happen in the best interest of the city. No, I, 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 I think they're appointed by the city council, and the city council has taken action to regulate and allow cannabis in the city. And so I would, I, would, I would hope that they would appoint people that are interested in, in a successful program.
2: Please describe what is the cost for the CUP um, and process, as well as what is the um, cost for the cannabis permits as well? Every city
3: has um, their own uh, fee structure, but generally you would pay uh, for the cannabis license maybe $20,000 to a city so that they can process your cannabis application, conduct the background checks. Uh, There's a couple of public meetings associated with the cannabis application. And then uh, in addition to that, I think you would have to pay consultants to assist you with your cannabis package application. On the uh, land use side, uh, if a conditional use permit is required, Uh, You would have to, again, submit another application to um, be heard at a public meeting, uh, probably a planning commission. And uh, you would have to give opportunity for the community to come and support your project or oppose your project. And that's part of the process where you would have a public hearing. Um, And it's, uh, uh, you know, you have to give notice and mail to the radius of three hundred feet five hundred feet radius of people that are near the proposed uh, business uh, so it's again a very comprehensive process
2: Wow and so there there is an opportunity for protesters to come and verbalize their views
3: yes yes uh, the uh, California g- cities are governed by what we call the brown Act <laughs> and that is uh, where all public um, decisions related to public actions and public business must be done at a public meeting. Actions must be taken at a public meeting. So the permit would generally be granted before the city council. And I have seen protesters at city council meetings. But then again, there's a lot of supporters. And then for the conditional use permit, you would have to appear before the planning commission. And again, there's opportunity for the community to voice their support or opposition for the the license.
2: Oh boy. Okay.
3: yeah, we just I just uh, appeared on behalf of a client at a public meeting last Tuesday night, and um, there was a lot of opposition. And I just instructed the board because I am general counsel to this particular uh, public commission planning commission. And you know the the whole the whole decision here is is it in compliance? With your city codes, is it in compliance with your zoning code? Is it in compliance with your municipal code? If so, then you may grant the license. These emotional opposition and the emotional issues related to cannabis and the minors' concerns with minors and access uh, is really not on the table when the Planning Commission is making a decision. The only decision they are making is whether the proposed business is in compliance with their zoning code.
2: I see. And they granted the permit. <laughs> that's great. And so the the city is typically looking for um, basically whether or not that there would be a potential for violation of the law, and that's how they make their decisions?
3: Yes. They want to just make sure that, the you know, the radius is there, that it's 600 feet minimum, 600 feet from a school. Some cities are requiring that each business have a distance, each cannabis business have a distance of 300 feet, 500 feet, between each other, so those types of um, uh, dimensions and uh, distances are, are, are looked at. Also, is there sufficient water, is there sufficient electricity, sufficient access? So all these decisions are made by the planning department to make sure that the business will be a success. I would think if wow. cities have adopted to regulate it, they want to make it happen, and they want it to be successful, and they will assist businesses in making sure that it's happening. Uh, provided it's in compliance with the law, and they'll, you know, usually try to educate you and assist you in uh, making sure that you're successful. Everybody, if you're going to regulate it, we want it to be a success, right? (laughs)
2: That's right. Now, do you think that there are more opportunities for women in the cannabis industry, maybe, than other sectors? Um.
3: More in the cannabis industry than in other sectors? (laughs) Uh, I don't know. I I would like to see more women in the industry. There are women's professional associations that have been formed for cannabis. I, unfortunately, haven't had time to join them, but um, I think there's opportunity for that, and um,
2: it it would be uh, something we should look into, Christina. (laughs) I think you're right. I definitely think you're right. Once
0: again, I want to thank Julia Silva and Priscilla Vilches for this special edition of 420 Clouds Cannabis Connection. If you want to find out more about MSIG, go to msiggroup.com or check out our ticker symbol on the OTC, spelled M C iG. Download the 420 Cloud app available on both Android and Apple. Open the doors to opportunity throughout the nation by posting your free ads at 420jobsearch.com. You can download episodes of 420 Cloud's Cannabis Connection at cannabisradio.com or subscribe to the show on iTunes, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Thank you for listening.